Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Meghna Giridhar, who is the founder of Let's Curate. Meghna, how are you doing? I'm doing so well. How are you? And Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. And I'm doing well, too. It's funny. They're going to be listening to this in, like, April. But oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, may it be happy throughout the year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. First of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's always so exciting to speak to new people and especially people like you when you're focusing on a topic that's so dear to my heart. So just to give you a brief introduction, I'm the founder of a curator platform called Let's Curate, as you rightly mentioned. And my platform aims to showcase emerging talent, whether it's artists or artisans or um, anyone within the within the creative spectrum and to provide a platform to them. So my platform essentially focuses on independent artisans. So these are people who are not associated with groups or organizations or businesses. They are one man, one woman shows. Um, you know, they are people who conceptualize the idea, get the materials, execute it, promote it, do all of that. Um, I'm very, very... Um, amazed at the process that these people have to go through because, you know, it's literally, they're the creators, they're the business managers, they're the secretary, they're everything rolled in one. And um, it's fantastic to see so much talent from around the world. Um, As of now, my platform represents 47 artisans from about 29 countries. And uh, hopefully the number just keeps going up. That is amazing. What was your motivation behind starting this? Um, To be honest, I think it was not something where I woke up one day and I said, oh, this is, you know, this amazing, fabulous idea that I have and I'm going to just drop everything and do it. It was something that was in my mind for many, many years. I was in, um, you know, I have an MBA in marketing and finance and I was, I've worked with a bunch of organizations, including venture capital firms, nonprofit organizations. So I was in a typical corporate field, um, but I am obsessed with traveling. So every time I would travel, I would um, kind of look for people who you don't see in the typical tourist shops and, you know, uh, the cliched stores that you always go to. So I w- it was just an interest of mine. And it so happened that over the years, I managed to build connections with a very strange and very interesting group of people from all kinds of countries. And um, as the years went by, I kind of felt, I don't know, it was a it was a gut instinct where, first of all, I was kind of a little jaded with my job and I wanted to do something very different. Um, and this seemed to be interesting. And I said, okay, what, what happened was as I was talking to these people over the years, I realized that there was major challenges that they were facing. One of them being that they never had the time to actually create. 
these were people who were so busy setting up their online stores or some of them didn't, didn't even know how to do that. So they were grappling with issues which I felt that they should not really be involved in. They should be involved in the real work which is actually creating and coming up with ideas. So 2019, um, around March, I kind of gave it a serious thought because it had it had been building up over the years. And um, that's when I said, okay, you know, I either do it this year or I just drop the idea altogether. Luckily for me, you know, the people that I had kind of built these relationships with over many years, I kind of sounded off this idea and they seemed very receptive to it. And because I got this positive feedback, um, I said, okay, let me just begin. And um, I'm so thankful to those first 10 people who really were, you know, they were the wind beneath my wings, like they say. Um, and that kind of kickstarted this whole journey. It's been two plus years now. Wow. That is awesome. I love that. Well, let's jump into your dreams, goals, and vision for your company, but also for your life. You know, um, I, I love this question because I feel like the reason I kickstarted this was not because I wanted to have this, you know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be have this successful business. It was more about I wanted to pursue something that felt fulfilling to me. Um, so that's like the bigger goal that I have. I want to build a purposeful life. And this falls beautifully within that you know that overall umbrella dream of mine so within that i obviously have short term goals and long term goals and you know one of the biggest things is to travel more because i think travel was the one thing that led me to this idea um so travel more comes within my bucket goals as many countries as possible uh, and of course grow my platform um and come up with innovative ideas to obviously address the main objective again, like I mentioned, is to support emerging artists. But essentially, the core idea behind this switch in career is to kind of find something that excites me, um, that helps other people. It's not just about me. It's about building a community that we help each other and support each other. So that would, I would say, is would be my lifelong goal as such. Gotcha. Gotcha. So just building that purposeful life and you energy and is focused on serving others. Correct. I love that. I love that. And so you said you're at 47 artists right now. Yes. Yes. Do you guys have a goal for 2022 of how many independent artists you're shooting? I actually don't because I feel like if you have, that kind of limits me. You know, when I kickstarted the platform, um, I kickstarted, like I said, with 10 people from 10 countries and I, you know, in the corporate field, you always work with goals. You always work with targets and frameworks, and it's very rigid. So I wanted to do something completely different from that. So I never focus in terms of, oh, by the end of 2022, I need to hit 100 people. Because I think that, you know, your energy then gets diverted into chasing that number versus building up something that is long-lasting. It's more about the... Uh, kind of propagating the objective. So I would rather say that instead of having a numbers goal, it's more of a vision goal for me in that sense, which is um, trying to tap into as much exciting talent as possible, unique talent from around the world, because all these artisans, you know, they all make very unique handmade products and they either have learned that from their ancestors. It's something that they, um, has a cultural legacy or a historical legacy, or there are people who have learned that and completely changed that and made something very contemporary. 
So I would rather focus on the content versus the number. So in that sense, my goal for 2022 is to kind of introduce um, talent that we have not seen as yet. So for example, we just launched, um, we have something on a platform called Artist in the Spotlight. And we kickstarted the year with a fantastic sculptor from South Korea. Um, you know, this person is, has very avant-garde kind of style, very off the, you know, not run of the mill kind of a style. And it was very exciting for me to kind of set the tone for 2022 with something that people have not seen. We've got a great response already. Um, so when we kickstart, when we started off the platform earlier, we showcased emerging artists, but it, it was kind of um, things we've seen before. Painters who work with acrylic art or people who work with leather goods or, but this person that we launched in 2022 has, I have never seen something like that before. So that would be my goal to kind of now be the platform that presents unexpected talent to the world. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love that. Just curious with the crypto space and NFTs, have you guys thought about combining that? Because I know art and NFTs, I don't know a lot about it, but I know there's some connections there. I know, you know, it's, it's something that I feel I need to educate myself more about, because to be honest, just like you, I'm in the same boat. Um, it could be the world is moving in that direction. Um, I just want to wait and watch to understand whether this is something that's going to be the way the world operates, or it's something that's going to be trendy for, for some time. And it's great, because even if it's trendy, and you kind of introduce talent that kind of aligns with that great because it in the end it supports the person but um to be honest just like you I'm not very well educated in this and I'm you know a lot of the artists and artisans that we introduce they essentially want to be left alone to make their stuff so these kinds of things these were some of the things that I remember speaking to people and they were like this is so overwhelming I don't even know I don't want to like do an online store I don't want to do media promotions I I just want to sit with an idea and make it so I feel like these things somehow as exciting as they may be I think for people who genuinely love to create it's almost sort of a distraction because you need other people to, you would rather hand it over to someone else who knows that well to do it instead of kind of saying, hey, why don't you make an NFT? Because half the people would not know what that means. And it's overwhelming for an artist because the process itself is so challenging for someone who's creative, right? When, um, when people think of, you know, when you see a painting, for us as lay people, when you're looking at a painting, say you say you see flowers or you see a landscape, but every artist I've spoken to, they've always said that, you know, when we started the process, we had no idea what was going to come out of this whole thing. And there was so much angst and we were angry and we were frustrated. And in the but you don't see that when you see the painting. Yeah. Right. So um, most of the people that I spoke to, they said, just we just need space and time to just be alone and come up with our own things. So I feel like crypto NFTs, you know, social media is great because you actually get an opportunity to present the talent to an entire globe versus you know just a little city or even a country um but in many ways it's also it hampers the process the creative process because you're clouding the mind with too many things um and in the end 
the product that you create may actually not be as pure as you had thought of it. So in that sense, um, we do introduce new, I would say new avenues and new techniques, but essentially my platform aims to let the creators create and for us to kind of do all the other things that are possible to bring that, bring them to the forefront. Gotcha. I love that. So let's dive into a bit more about specifically what your platform does. So what are some of the things you guys have put in place to make Mm -hmm. sure that the creators can create? Absolutely. So there are a bunch of um, things and I have to say, I have to thank COVID for this because essentially before COVID, it was just about me, uh, you know, showing uh, these creations at stores and people liking them and picking them up and, you know, placing orders Because of COVID, we had to completely switch to an online model. And um, it actually led to a lot of creative avenues that we could introduce. So we do something called a portfolio video. This is just one of the ideas. Um, Essentially, in the past, art galleries, if you wanted to introduce someone new, you would have the person meet the person at the gallery and show the work. So it was more of a physical one-on-one kind of a meeting. And I would be in, you know, representing the artist. With COVID, all that stopped because there was no physical meeting at all. Till date, art galleries don't function. You know, they've completely changed the way. So there were a lot of people who are emerging artists who said, we have all this work and we don't know how to show it. Can you help us? Because we have no idea how to do that. So it's essentially a media kit or a portfolio video that we create for artists. And because I'm in touch with and I have collaborations with art galleries, I know what each art gallery is looking for. So we present that information or that content related to the artists, to these galleries, customized to these galleries, and which is one of the avenues that we have introduced in 2021, which was very, very um, popular because essentially you still had the one-on-one, but you actually had it in form of a media content. So people would just click on that and say, oh, you know, this is Timothy's work. This is, you know, he does this landscape painting. This is his style. So kind of putting in all the information so it's quick, easy, and people know exactly who you are. This was, again, something I thought was tremendously helpful to people who didn't know how to present their stuff. They were good at creating stuff, but they didn't know how to showcase their, um, I would say, their talent. So that was one thing. We also introduced something called limited edition. Uh, This came out of a conversation that I had with um, a lady in Romania who said, you know, I've heard that when you present a collection, you need to have 20, 25 pieces. And unfortunately, I don't have the resources to make 25 pieces, but I, I have resources to make two things. But her technique was so unique. Um, you know, I had never seen jewelry like that. So I said, okay, how many pieces can you make? And she said, I can only make two. And I said, fine, just make two. And we, we introduced that as a micro collection, which essentially meant that if you bought that one piece, she would never make that piece ever again for anyone else. So we introduced something called limited edition, which also again provides freedom to the artist because she was so thrilled that, you know, she could present those two ideas. Otherwise she was like, oh my God, do I have to wait till I make 20 pieces because it's a waste of my time. I'm waiting for someone to see this. Um, No one's ready to show my collection unless I have 25 pieces. So it's kind of like a cat and mouse game because you're waiting for 25 pieces, but you don't have the means to make 25 pieces. Um, So instead we did something called limited edition where we showed if we like, if someone fit our criteria, we would say, tell us how much you can make, tell us what you can make 
and we will present it that way. So we have someone who just made one painting for us and we presented that in the limited edition. And so it kind of is a lot of the rules that have been imposed by, I would say, structured creative outlets, things like this. You know, when you put on a fashion show, you need 15 pieces of clothing. You know, those are, those are like certain rules that the industry has set in place. And of course it works well, but there are other, there is this whole other group of people who cannot afford to do that, but yet are extremely talented. So they deserve a place um, and they deserve, you know, some space in this entire arena to show this stuff. So these were the, I would say my two of my favorite um, initiatives that we launched last year. One was limited edition and the other one was the media kit, also known as the portfolio video. Gotcha. I love that. And so with the like media kit and limited edition, are you guys also kind of handling like social media and online presence for them? Yes, absolutely. We do help them through all of those things. Like I said, um, all of our artists, you know, we, they're all associated with certain art galleries by this time. Once they join our network, we, um, since we have connections with various galleries, we now know who would be a good fit for what. And, uh, you know, we kind of make sure that they are aligned together. So we do make sure that when someone joins our network, they are aware of where they would be showcased. So it, it would not just be our platform. It would also possibly be an art gallery that just focuses on ceramics or, you know, something that just focuses on, like I said, landscape paintings. So now we've built these connections. So it's not just us, but their work is seen through many, many other outlets. Gotcha. And how did you go about building the relationships with the different art galleries? That has happened over time. And, um, you know, it is, again, this is, this is one of the reasons why um, I know this is, this is a question that's going to come up later, later in the show about it started with one conversation with one gallery. And then typically, you know, that person introduced me to someone else. So I always feel like it starts with one conversation and that's uh, truly, it's been very organic. Um, we have not, we don't do paid promotions. We don't do any of those things whatever we have, whatever following that we have on social media or the customer base that we have, it's all been organic. I believe in, I believe in spending my time building great content and presenting people in the right way possible rather than um, I would say chasing numbers in that sense. So my connections with art galleries have again, you know, it's been built over many, many years. And the first, I would say the first two, three uh, business relationships that we set with galleries almost took a year plus. But then after that, it's kind of fallen in place because now they know who we are and they're comfortable introducing us to other galleries who have other interests. And, you know, it's now the once you set up the I would say a trust with one person. I think it's more like a domino effect because then they introduce you to other people. So I'm very slow in my brand building. I'm, I'm like, I'm like a sloth because I, I'm not, I'm like the opposite of trying to, uh, you know, rush with the numbers and rush with orders and things like that. I, I want to take my time with this. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That is a great way to do it because if you take your time and you do it right, that's what creates something that lasts. I agree. I agree. Whereas I feel like if you're shooting for numbers, sometimes, not always, but sometimes you can sacrifice some important things to hit those numbers, you know? Yes, yes, agree. Awesome. Well, if there were one or two people that you can meet right now and they would help you take the next step towards your dreams and goals of building a purposeful life and supporting more emerging artists, mm -hmm. who would they be and how would they do it? 
you know, there's not one person in particular that I would, um, that I have in mind as such, but I would definitely, I think fellow curators who have um, been on this path, who have, you know, who are in sync with my way of thinking. I know there are so many curators in the world and everyone has their style, uh, but I would love to connect with curators who, from around the world, uh, who are more in sync with my style. So I actually am in, I'm always in search of people like that. So I would say people like those would be hugely inspirational to me because I feel like it would be easy for me to explain the way I want to do this. And because they've done it before, um, I would love to get their thoughts on how to build this. So no particular person in mind, but I would say people who don't, walk the straight line people who've tried a bunch of things uh but the goal has been to kind of shine the spotlight on creative talent in unique ways there we go i love it just curious have you ever seen the show white collar yes (laughs) (laughs) i have um so I totally didn't know that there were a lot of art curators in the world. <laughs> like I thought you were like really like it was just you. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's a very um, it's a very interesting field, and I think it's um, like I said, there are very uh, there are people who are tremendously you know they're world famous. You you name them, and you know um, they work. So the beauty of curate you know being a curator is that you need to have your own style. You know, if you don't have your own style, you're really not going to last because when I'm talking to you, um, say if you're a curator and I would have to explain my point of view, if I don't have a point of view, no one's going to be interested in working with me or being associated with my platform. So I think um, there is space for everyone. And that's why it's interesting to meet as many curators as possible, just to get a sense of how did they get on this path? How have they lasted? What makes them tick? Those are the kinds of things I think would be very, very, it would be nice to like sit down and have a conversation about that because it's not competition. It's mainly about collaboration or understanding where the other person comes from and then listening to that and taking stuff that you can apply and come up with your own style because it's, it, you won't survive if you copy someone else. I don't, I don't think anyone lasts too long with that kind of a mind thought, I would say mind process. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Would you be interested in meeting aspiring art curators? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, I'm always, the one thing I have learned is the most unexpected conversations have led to the most fantastic ideas for my platform. So I never, ever say no to meeting someone new or speaking to someone new. And I don't care if they're well-known or they are just coming up or it's someone who just woke up and was a teacher for 20 years and said, no, you know what? I actually am you know, I, I am a painter. I, I love to, because only by talking to people on an ongoing basis, do you understand how people get inspired to create art? And if I shut myself down and shut myself up and say, no, this is the only way, um, again, it's going to lead to my brand kind of stagnating. Um, you know, art is a dynamic process. You know, the art doesn't go, it's not a straight line. It's very up and down because the process is very irregular. So the more creative people you speak to, I think your mind kind of expands a little more and then you have more space to understand other people. You know, it's all about storytelling. Art is about storytelling, right? So if you're not listening to stories, 
you're not learning anything. So I, I, I'm always a big fan of speaking to as many new people as possible. There we go. I love it. Well, what's the most important one or two thing that one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you get to your dreams and goals? You know, this might sound repetitive, but I feel like, and I don't think many people do that. I didn't do that for the longest time. But it is, it is something that sounds very silly, but I've, I've, I do it on a daily basis and it is to speak to a new person every day. Today it's you, but, and it does not have to be about, it does not necessarily have always to be about your work and, you know, your goals. It's just about overcoming that hesitation to approach someone new because, you know, you, uh, I've always noticed that if, if there are a couple of days when I don't speak to someone new or I've not reached out to someone new, um, you automatically, your mind starts getting a little dull and, you know, then you can't, you can't really innovate. You can't, um, you know, you, you're not excited anymore. So I feel like the one thing that I would tell everyone, and it sounds so, so silly. I mean, it, it really sounds very silly. It's to just have a conversation with a new person. It could be about anything. It does not have to be about your work, but I really think one, it helps you come out of your own comfort zone. It's not easy to talk to someone new. Um, as we get older, um, you know, our social circles also get narrower because you only meet your colleagues or you only go to that one coffee shop or, you know, you just go to that one newspaper stand. Your life kind of comes down to a few things that you do every day. And it took me a while also when I first, you know, quit my corporate job to realize that, wow, I, the, on a daily basis, there are only 10 people I speak to. It's my neighbor. It's my colleague. It's my, you know, so it took, it took me a while to get over this kind of, um, not an introverted kind of an element, but this, this kind of hesitation that I had imposed on myself. Like no one, no one will stop you if you go and approach someone and talk to them or, it doesn't have to be forced, but I would say it helps you get out of your comfort zone and it helps you discover something new. If you don't speak to someone new, um, I don't think you learn anything new. Absolutely. I love that. And I really love it because some Bradley, he's like a, he's like a sales guru guy, but he says this one thing that I really, really love. He's like, everything happens because of like other people, like there's nothing that happens like you doing it alone in isolation. Absolutely. I, I agree with that 200%. You know, everyone, it's, it's such a myth that, oh, you know, you're, you are the master of your destiny. You are doing everything by yourself. It's not true because we live in society. Nothing happens without someone else helping you. You may not even know, but it is, it is a group effort. It takes a village, like they say. So I, I, I am so in sync with what you're saying right now. Yeah, yeah, no. And I love it because you realize that even in like the like simplest parts of your life, like driving to the grocery store, like you were only successful in that endeavor because everybody else was also driving safely. Like if everybody else was driving chaotically. You wouldn't have made it, you know? So true. Ah, just blows my mind. <laughs> but I love it. Talk to somebody new every day. It'll change your life because if you speak to new people, new things can happen. If you speak to the same people, same things are probably going to happen. Absolutely. And you know, it's a way to challenge yourself. I feel like what happens is when you kind of uh, get on a certain track on a daily track, you get comfortable and the more comfortable you get, the more scared you feel about trying something new. It is scary. You know, like if you see a child versus, you know, a grown up, children are free. 
they go and say anything they talk to anyone they sing they dance they're so uh, you know uninhibited they have no reservations about anything as we get older we put rules for ourselves and it makes us a little more narrow not just in the physical sense it just makes us narrow overall the only way to break out is to you know like uh, another one cliche is do something that kind of makes you uncomfortable something that kind of pushes you out of your comfort zone whether it's it could be anything it could be trying something new it could be trying reading a new kind of book you know it doesn't always have to be about social interaction it's just about pushing yourself a little bit outside your comfort zone yep absolutely i love it well let's jump into our thriving 3 now our first question is what's your favorite book movie or podcast pick one mm-hmm. um this is again more of a philosophical book that i use as a guide um it's called the mahabharat it's it's an epic book um and it's based in hindu mythology i'm hindu and uh many people look at it as a religious book but i it's more of a philosophy and it's more of a guide as to how to live your life and this this whole thing that i have now uh, after having started let's curate of having a purposeful life there are a lot of messages and um i would say steps to kind of how to de- it's about fulfilling your duty it's about trying something new it's about conquering your fears it's about um you know putting yourself out there these are things just come out and you know it's a book that very famously most you know learned philosophy you know people who do philosophy or read philosophy they say that you, if you, you no one can ever say that you know that book completely it's impossible to say that because every time you read it you learn something new so i would say that book is a constant for me because there are times when i feel stuck or i feel uh a little down if i've not kind of if i feel like oh you know this was not a great day it just lifts me up and it's it's more about trying to kind of understand how you can change how you can overcome obstacles so that book for me is um i would say a constant guide i'm very influenced by that <laughs> one one more time one more time on the name of it mahabharat it's m a h a it it's a long one i could i could i could write it here on chat if you want to like um uh, yeah that'd be great that'd yeah be and what is one way that you like to take care of yourself you know just taking long walks by myself <laughs> so it's, it's like i have two kids and i have um you know as most people who have children will know you don't have much time to yourself i think one way i kind of refresh myself is either to go on very long solo walks or the other thing which is again it sounds very funny but i live in new york city um and the one thing i like to do is go on these long cab rides with no destination <laughs> so I'm, i i said you know i i get in a location and i'm like just let's just go downtown and it's like a it's a good 30 minute drive and the, there have been times when um the cat you know the taxi guy would be like where exactly and i'm just like just let's just go downtown and there have been <laughs> but it is something very very um relaxing it's almost therapeutic to be in like a moving vehicle and you're just watching the world go by and it just for me it's very relaxing and it's also energizing at the same time so yeah these are the two things i just i just do it's low cost and it's high value that's epic 
And what is one action step that you can take right now to continue helping emerging artists or um, meet fellow curators? Um, I think one of the things I need to do is kind of come up with more initiatives because I think, like I said, because this field that I've chosen is so dynamic, I need to make sure that I come up with new kinds of partnerships and new kinds of ideas to keep it, to keep it dynamic. You know, just because I started limited edition, um, one of the lessons that I learned during COVID was that you just can't stop with one idea. You know, you had one good idea. That's great. It's working well. Good for you. Move on to the next one. Like you need, you can always, you know, that's always there. You've, you've built a great product or you've built a great um, avenue. It doesn't end there. With art, because it is so, uh, because it's not linear, I need to kind of innovate on a daily basis or as regularly as possible. So one of the things I do want to kind of keep in mind and always remind myself is to never stop, you know, at a certain thing and say, oh, you know, I've done it all. I wouldn't, I, I never ever want to be in that position where I think or I trick myself into thinking that, oh, this is all I can do. Um, there is always something you can do. Um, so my, my, I would say my objective would be to kind of hopefully come up with as many dynamic ideas as possible to keep the mission going, which is to promote and, you know, kind of showcase talent from around the world in the best way possible. There we go. I love it. And I got one last question for you. So you know how there are people on the planet who have a really fixed mindset. They're not mm -hmm. willing to accept help and they're not willing to accept change. Sometimes they live their whole life like that, and sometimes they'll die like that, unfortunately. And other times they'll change to more of a growth mindset, willing to accept help and willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change? You know, I think this is something that, um, again, it builds up over the years. Um, you know, this feeling that I had of being jaded, I didn't realize how jaded I was until the day I woke up and I was like, this idea has been in my mind for 10 years. Why am I not doing anything about this? Um, it was scary. Um, you know, it meant me quitting my job. But, um, you know, you have to get to that point. I feel, unfortunately, for a lot of people, including me, I had to get to that, to the bottom of that feeling, you know, where you're just like, it's not fun anymore. You know, it's not fun going into work anymore. It's not, I'm not learning anything it's drab and life is dull. I think when you get to that point, there are two kinds of people, exactly like you said. There are people who will, because it makes everyone uncomfortable. I don't think human beings as a species are meant to be a one-track person. You're, you're never, human beings are, I mean, I feel like the reason we have survived is because we've adapted. So when you get to that position in life, when you know, and you've recognized that, okay, Life is not, you know, I've come to a full stop. Like I'm just doing the same thing every single day. There are, like you said, two kinds of people, people who, because it's a scary point in your life and you have two ways to go. Either you say it's too much work to change or you say now is the time to change or else I'm just going to be, you know, dead philosophically very, very soon. So I think it's a very personal choice at that point. So I'm not sure whether I would have something where I would say, oh, this is the catalyst because the catalyst for me could be different from what the catalyst is for you. 
Um, it took me 10 years in the corporate world to wake up and be like, God, I don't want to do this anymore. But for someone else, it could be someone who's in college and who's like, you know, I'm studying this, but this really doesn't work with what I want to do. I'm not. And then, you know, having to switch at that point. But I feel like every person gets to that point sooner rather than later or at some point. Um, the catalyst is something that you is more of a personal thing. Uh, I'm not sure if there's like, there's a universal catalyst as such. Um, it comes down to, it's like when you have bad habits, right? When you have bad habits, you, you know, it's not something that's great for you. You're not exercising. You feel terrible. You know, it's because you're not exercising. So either you wake up the next day and you're like, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to go for a run. Or you just say, you know what? it's okay. I'm just going to give up. It's fine. It's easy being this way. Um, it depends on the kind of person you are at that point. Um, so it's hard. It's hard for me to say if there is one, if there is like one thing that can ignite, you know, that, that feeling for everyone. It, I think it's more of a very, it's a very personal kind of a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think the important thing is that it is a choice. It's like, nothing's going to yes. force you to do it. Ultimately. Exactly. That is so true. I, I agree with you hundred percent. That is, I mean, I, I think this is, this, this, what you just said has, you know, is, is like the line of this entire podcast. Everyone has a choice, you know, and people assume that you don't have a choice, but it's not true. You can never, no one can ever box you in a corner and say, that's where you're going to be for the rest of your life. I think you can wake up and just be like, no, I do have a choice to do something different. I may be an utter failure at it. I may suck at it. I may fail at it, but you know, either you say, okay, I'm, I'm so scared of failure that I'm not going to try it and just sit in my box. Or you just say, let me just take a chance. And I never know. It might take me someplace exciting. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm so happy you said that it is all about choice in life. I think you, everyone has a choice and it depends on whether you want to act upon it or you decide not to act upon it. Absolutely. Well, there we go. Magna, is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off? No, I think you covered all the important points. It was, it was a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. I love talking about these things because, um, you know, I just feel I had to kickstart the year with an amazing conversation. Like this is fabulous. Um, it's, this is one, you know, I learned something from you today and, you know, that's the message that I want to kind of give out to people that this is why I like speaking to people because, um, you can be only in your mind or you can let your mind expand. Your mind will just do what you want it to do. So um, I'm very thankful that I got this opportunity to speak to you. And I'm, I think you've covered all, like, all, the, all the things that I would have liked to chat about. So thank you so much. Of course. And thanks for coming on the show. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Megna had to say, you love her style as a curator, make sure to connect her to other curators and other emerging independent artists. As we always ask, send this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.